it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Variety and iHeart podcast, The Big Ticket. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Before we start today's show, I just want to acknowledge everyone on the front lines of this horrible pandemic. I want to say thank you to the nurses, doctors, members of our police and fire departments, restaurant and grocery store workers. You are the real heroes of this very upside down world. Now today's show, we've got Elle Fanning. The actress stars as Catherine the Great in the new Hulu series, The Great. We talked quarantine, her hilarious sex scenes with Nicholas Holt, and why she and Sister Dakota decided that The Nightingale will be the first movie that they make together. Then later, Andre Holland, the actor stars in Damien Chazelle's new Netflix series The Eddie as an American jazz club owner in Paris, whose teenage daughter from the States, played by Amanda Stenberg, comes to live with him. I'll have Elle Fanning and Andre Holland coming up after the break. Stick around. Welcome back to The Big Ticket. Here's Elle Fanning. I caught up with Fanning in Los Angeles to talk about her new Hulu series, The Great. She stars as Catherine the Great in the satirical comedy about the 18th century Russian empress's rise to power. Nicholas Holt co-stars as her doomed husband, Peter III. Hello, Elle Fanning. How are you? Good. I'm doing good. You know, I, I think it was nice today. I have, you know, interviews set up and there's like a schedule for me and I really am liking the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I think you have to trying to create a schedule for myself, you know? Yeah. What have you been doing during quarantine? How have you um, not gone stir crazy? I've been good. I'm with uh, my family. So I've been with my sister, right. my mom, and my grandmother. Um, oh, sweet. And, yeah, so we're together. I'm glad that I'm not alone or stuck somewhere else. I'm in L.A. Um, just been cooking and baking a lot, which I guess <laughs> a lot of people say. Um <laughs> My sister got a, like a paint by numbers kit. She's been doing paint by numbers. Um, and also this like kind of like bedazzling thing. And it, like wow. everyone's like embroidering, like we're getting creative um, adult yeah. coloring. But I think I, we, you know, we do like a workout class online. I love the paint by number thing though. That's kind of inspiring yeah. me you need to order some <laughs> she got she did a giant like a really big one too it's of a flamingo and then i got one that i'm gonna i haven't i haven't done one but I, it's a like dogs like spotted dogs <laughs> so that's amazing yeah we've done a little jigsaw puzzle we've been attempting a jigsaw yeah. puzzle. puzzles yeah i've been doing a lot of puzzles right now i'm doing a top gun puzzle what is like a, a top gun puzzle the poster of top gun 
that's amazing that you found that. I know. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about the great. Yes. It's so it's so much fun. Oh, good, good. <laughs> so tell me, like, okay, let's just start. Tell everyone yeah. what is the great. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, the great is. Um, a show, a 10 episode series that is about um, Catherine the Great's rise to power. Um, she, um, it starts that when she's, uh, she's quite young um, and she arrives in Russia for the first time and she's extremely optimistic and open <laughs> and romantic and slightly naive um, to to what is about to happen to her life. Um, and she, you know, she, she's going to marry Peter the Great, who's played by Nicholas Holt, um, who's the emperor of Russia, Russia. And she meets him and he is definitely not anything that she thought he was going to be. And reality hits her in her face and she quickly realizes that she needs to kill her husband <laughs> for her <laughs> life to be okay. Um, and it's Tony McNamara wrote it, who wrote The Favorite. Um, and so it's in that tone of irreverent and witty um, and a satire, but um, it's, it's, you know, a dark, dark comedy for sure. And loosely based on historical facts. We're not, we're not here trying to give a history lesson to anyone <laughs> Um, but also there are, but there are elements in each episode that right. are true, you know, slightly based on what Catherine did. I mean, obviously Catherine the Great, um, was actually a, a figure that I wasn't taught in school. Um, yeah. so I didn't know much about her. I knew like that she had sex with a horse propaganda, <laughs> you know, the let the meat take for Marie Antoinette. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So she, uh, that's what I knew about her, which is extremely sad. Uh, but uh, she's, you know, she's, I came to learn that she's this kind of feminist icon and she brought enlightenment to Russia and brought female education and art and science and um, really uh, did amazing things and invented the roller coaster as well. So she's quite fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, after my husband and I watched it, and after we watched it, you know, it's one of those shows where you just get onto Wikipedia, you look at <laughs> Catherine the Gate, great. And I'm like, yep. okay, I knew about the horse story. Yeah. I don't know if it was true or not. Um, <laughs> but didn't realize that this was a woman who changed Russia. Yes. Is, you know, really, um, like you said, was this sort of this feminist icon. Mm -hmm. Completely. Um, and I think, you know, Tony, I mean, for us, it was like, I don't know, reading the script, like for the first time, the whole, the, the process of that, but it, uh, because it was a play that was put on in Australia, um, that, that Tony had done, um, and years ago, and then it was going to possibly be a movie. And I read the movie script, um, that actually spanned much more of her life. It was her young until like her up until her death. Um, and then there was talks of, Hey, like there's so much information, you know, TV's so hot right now or whatever. <laughs> Let's do a TV show. Um, and what, and, and Tony asked if I would help like kind of develop it with him and um, come on as a producer, which was huge uh, <laughs> for me. And also I felt a lot like Catherine in finding my voice in that space 
as a young woman. And because obviously I've grown up in in the film world and the behind the scenes aspect has always been something that's really interested me. But this kind of took it to a new, new level of like going on pitches and going to different, this, you know, the streaming services and trying to sell yourself and like, but also be creative and, but then have this business mind. And like, so I was kind of learning to find my voice and speak up um, as, as well. So it was, it, it was, it was interesting finding my power too, which is truly what the series is about is like, you know, finding, finding your power and not wanting to live a powerless life and, fulfilling your destiny and fate and, and all that. But I just, I, I think that I just love that she, oh, she, she, I'm so allergic to like strong female character, like that term, like, what does that mean? Like, and she, she is strong, of course she had, but she has moments of complete weakness. And like, I was more interested in those parts. Cause I, when reading the scripts, I would question if she's even ready for this, you know, the character that um, our version of Catherine it's like, is she going to be able to rule Russia? Like at times I absolutely not. And she questions herself and she has this kind of beautiful arrogance and like she, this ego that she doesn't apologize for that I really love playing around with. I think as women, we like always want to apologize for our ego or actually knowing the right way. And she doesn't. And that, that was exciting. But, you know, I don't think like when you have a, like if your show or your movie is like about a woman it's like they don't have to be the bravest person in the room like that's okay <laughs> you know even though like Catherine as a character she is a go-getter and is brave but she, some she's learning from everyone else around her and like even learning from Peter like who's her worst enemy but she's learning a lot from him too so it's just it's it's, it's multi-layered she's not yeah. just some woman yeah. who comes in and as we know um yeah <laughs> spoiler alert you know, Nicholas Holt yeah. is Peter, Peter the Great, and you yeah. guys have some intimate scenes. Yes. Hilarious intimate scenes. <laughs> how did you not, the, the words that are coming out of his mouth, how did you not just break and just start laughing? Oh, I laughing? did. Oh, I was oh, dying. You? I would die. I mean, we would be laughing and we would push each other. I mean, we, in, I think our dynamic in real life we love each other to death, but it's this kind of similar sparring dynamic that we really mm -hmm. love to challenge each other. Cause I think we, we are really quite similar in the way we work. And I don't know if it's because of the child actor aspect of our lives, but on set, it just feels like our home. And we were just so comfortable with each other. And we like to push each other's buttons, especially with those scenes that Tony has written of, you know, sitting at the breakfast table and just going back and forth. And, mm -hmm. and then of course, like the crazy sex scenes where he's just like, spewing nonsense and I'm just like laying there but I would even be um like off screen like it would just be too hard like I would be like literally munching on a pillow like laughing so hard just like all right let's get it together like hump faster like let's go like just do it do it but we always wanted to make the scene funnier or better and he was like was it funny when I grunted there or should I do this here or this that um so we always just for the good of the scene, we were trying to go for it. And I think that was a big thing for me because it is obviously a comedy and I'm not super used to doing comedies like where it's really a specific rhythm and mm. there are jokes. And I had to learn to also like not be embarrassed. Like, and throughout the months of filming, I, my walls kind of went down to be able to not be like as embarrassed with my, 
with myself. <laughs> and you got to wear some outfits. Yes. I mean, just. That's for did, sure. Corsets. What does it feel like? Yeah. What those corsets? I mean, your chest is practically up to your chin at some point. I know. I was looking <laughs> like, my boobs like, aren't big. Like, what is this? What have they done? I'm like, I'm like, they look great. But I know I'm like, wow. Okay. Now they're gone. Um, but they do change your body, those corsets. They like, um, you know, they obviously, I've heard, you've heard like so many actresses talk about it, but your body does change and even like your breathing pattern you have to get used to especially saying such those long speeches and you're like all right I have to learn how to talk with this corset on um so you know you get more and more used to it as and your corsets really break in too um at by the end but the the costumes yeah are so elaborate and beautiful and specific you know too of like the color palettes and I don't know if you've seen how many episodes have you seen? I've seen I saw up into through seven. 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 Okay. Seven. Okay, yeah, because there's a really spectacular dress at the end. Okay. Yeah. Good. good. We have something to look forward to. Um, <laughs> I want to ask you, Nightingale, you yes. and your sister were getting ready. Yes. When yeah, when we were, were supposed you... to be our we were well, I guess we would have been April. Yeah, we would still be we sh- should have been still filming it at this point but when all this happened we um it got like postponed you know that we, we haven't started who, so who i'm not sure the, who made the call to say to call you guys and say to you guys like you know what it's just not gonna happen right now i know i think we i kind of had a feeling like i yeah. it was almost like because there was an option of like okay you could fly there and start we do fit you know, start fittings and like start it but and my sister and I, I don't know, we had this feeling of like, I don't think that's, that's just not right. Something's going to happen. And I also heard a lot about like friends productions that were shutting down. I'm like, right. if these are shutting down, like we're going right. to, we're definitely going to be shutting down too. So it wasn't a huge surprise to me, but it's obviously something that like, we're still looking forward to. I mean, it's right. not, it's not like it's not happening, but just not happening right now. So um, why but, was the, why yeah. why was this the movie you you both decided to do together? I'm sure you've probably had scripts thrown at you over the years. Oh, this mm-hmm. is perfect for sisters. This is perfect for sisters. Why yeah. was this the one? I think it was also a choice of because um, I mean we always wanted to work together. Obviously, I think it's the right timing, like in mm-hmm. our lives now too, um, that it really is going to mean something because it's not like we're just super young doing it like right now it's like we're women you know and 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 just our relationship too is also more friends you know Mm. at this point because we're only four years apart so when you're young you're like your sisters and you're like fighting all the time and yeah my my brother's clothes I'd heard about the book um for a while and it had been kind of floating around for a bit and um the book is so powerful and also we were curious we were like if we did something together would we play sisters like or would we not play sisters i'm like people are like when well, you look like similar we think we look nothing alike <laughs> we were like we look a bit like i guess we look like sisters but we don't like that similar but it was like okay no it's this is a true like sister story it represents kind of and the the layers to that and also the misunderstand like these sisters also were kind of misunder they misunderstand each other 
Um, and it's just so powerful. I can't get through the script like without sobbing. When are you going to direct? When do you want to direct? Oh God, I want to badly. Um, yeah. It's something that, yeah, it, I, I do want to badly. I mean, I think it's like, you just got to find the right, the right story or like, what is it that you want to tell? Or is it going to be mm -hmm. personal or is it, is it not? Are you going to write it? Are you not? I mean, no, a lot of big questions. I will for sure one day, but I think about it a lot. I don't know. And I love that you're producing now. So that's great. Yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah. It's a next step. I guess it's just like each little thing, just learning more about it. Awesome. Al, yeah. Thank you so much. This is awesome. Ooh, it's always fun talking thank to you. you. Yes. Be good safe. To see you. And enjoy you the pay by numbers. <laughs> will do. Bye. Thank you. That was Elle Fanning. I'm going to take a short break right now, but when we return, I talk with Andre Holland, star of Netflix's new drama, The Eddie. I'm Robert Evans, host of Behind the Bastards, and it could happen here. And boy, it does seem to be happening here. I'm going to guess most of the people listening to this are deeply concerned with what they saw happen in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. And I'm here to tell you it was a fascist insurrection, an attempt by fascists to take over our democracy. And it didn't happen in a historical vacuum. There have been numerous attempts, many of them successful, by fascist movements to take over democracies over the last century. In order to protect yourself, in order to protect your family and your very freedom, you need to understand this history and the history of the different anti-fascist movements that have fought, sometimes successfully, often unsuccessfully, to stop the same things from happening in their own countries. The knowledge of this history is important, and it's maybe the only thing that can save us. So, if you're as concerned as I am, listen to Behind the Insurrections on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to The Big Ticket. Here's Andre Holland, who I caught up with from his home in Brooklyn, New York. He stars in The Eddie as a jazz club owner in Paris who's trying to mend his relationship with his teenage daughter who has come to live with him from the States. Directed by La La Land director Damien Chazelle, this series features plenty of drama, love, and jazz. So, The Eddie. Yes. Great, great series. Really, like, just cinematic, beautiful. The look of it is just it's you know it's it's like jazz paintings almost like you really i love the blueness of it and uh the saturation of color so tell me how did you get involved with the eddie you knew damien chazelle you got a little history there moonlight la la land yeah. <laughs> yeah thank you for the kind words man yeah we met back during that time damien and i did and uh yeah we met and just got along really well you know, I appreciate all the films you made. And so I told him, I think it was at a, one of the parties in Toronto, maybe at the film festival. I just, mm -hmm. you know, sounds like, man, one day, you know, I hope we get a chance to make something together. And uh, yeah, he gave me a call last year in January and, and sent me the script. We met in, in Santa Monica and had a great lunch about it. And then spoke on the phone a few times subsequently. And, and then, yeah, we, we went and made it. So it was, it was cool. And then you went to Paris. Then we went to Paris. <laughs> so it wasn't so bad, man. Summer in Paris. It, it could be a lot worse. So tell tell us what is the Eddie, the series, and then the club. Yeah. So um, so the series is uh, set in contemporary Paris. Uh, it revolves around this band and this club, both of which are called the Eddie. Uh, the the band itself is made up of a group of friends who've come together from different parts of the world. They all come to the band 
uh, in need of some sort of healing or grounding. Uh, my character, Elliot, is the leader of the band. He composes most of the music, plays occasionally, but not so often <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Um, and he comes to the band because he's just gone through a, he's gone through a um, traumatic event, which I won't give away. Uh, and he comes to Paris to sort of put himself back together again. And his best friend, played by Tahir, Tahar Rahim, his name is Farid in the show, the two of them started this club together and have been running it together for, for the last few years. And so the show to me is about healing and about second chances. And, and ultimately at the center of it, you have a relationship between my character and Amanda Stenberg's character, uh, who she plays my daughter, who... Uh, is in need of her father at this particular mm -hmm. moment where he happens to be unavailable. So it's about that relationship healing, the band trying to sort of fight to, to keep this little space of creativity for themselves. And as I say, sort of healing and, and second chances. And your character's name is Elliot. And yes. Elliot's very much in his head. There's a lot like, you're like, what's he planning? What does he know? What doesn't he know? Mm -hmm. You see a few outbursts where it's sort mm -hmm. of, Things just get too much at some point. Tell us about Elliot. What what did you like about the character? What you know? What did you sort of dive into to really get in Elliot's head? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a tricky one because there's so many. He's got so many plates spinning, you know, at, yeah. at any given moment. Um, but for me, the thing that attracted me to it was the fact that he's gone through this really, as I said, traumatic event, and. Uh, and is, in my opinion, like very deep, deep, deep in the grieving process. So it was interesting to me to try to investigate a character who's going through that. Mm -hmm. uh, I also was attracted to this relationship that he has with his daughter. I, I couldn't remember a time, I still can't remember a time when I've seen on screen uh, a relationship between a black man and his black daughter uh, sort of front and center. Mm -hmm. uh, in a way. So I found that really interesting. And then the music, you know, I, I grew up loving music of all kinds, particularly soul and gospel and blues and mm. so getting the chance to learn more about jazz uh, was really fun. And of course, as, as we said before, working with Damien, which was, was, uh, was really a joy. I mean, one of the things that happened when the show was first announced and you still see it, people keep describing it as a musical. <laughs> people are yeah. thinking it's the new La La Land, La La Land in Paris, which it's not, it's not a musical. There are musical performances and music plays a big part in the show. Um, yeah. What did, did you have to do a deep dive on jazz? Did you have to, you know, I'm not going to pretend I know jazz. I mean, the music's mm -hmm. beautiful, but I don't know it intimately. How intimate did you have to get with the music? Because it's such a big part of the show. Yeah, yeah. Good question, man. We had to get pretty intimate with it. You know, as I said, I came to it loving the music, but not really knowing that much about it. So. Mm -hmm. Had to read a bunch of books about it, watched a lot of films, and spoke to a lot of musicians and, and scholars and thinkers in that space, which really helped me to kind of understand the history of it. Um, and then on the technical aspect, I had to play uh, the piano. <laughs> so you, you didn't play before this? No, no, I didn't <laughs> play before. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, as is the nature with television, you don't always have as much time as you want, wish you had, but... <laughs> We made use of the time we did have. So I had two different piano teachers who I worked with, one here in New York and then oh, wow. one when I got to Paris and, and the one from New York came to Paris, <laughs> you know, together. So any moment that I wasn't on set shooting, I was pretty much glued to that piano. Um, so yeah, big, definitely a deep dive on it. And um, 
yeah, really, it's something that I've grown, I've come to love, and I want to keep continue to explore as my life moves forward. Joanna Kulik, I mean, I couldn't take my eyes or my ears off her. Tell us who she plays, and tell us about her incredible voice. We know she has an incredible voice, but this is just. I just kept saying to my husband, I can't stop watching her. Mm, mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's such a great, she's such a great human being. I'm so glad that we got to, to do this together. She's uh, so, so funny, so charming. Um, and she had an, an enormous task. You know, she had to learn, I think, something like 16 songs in not a lot of time. Some were in English, some were in French, neither of which are her native language, obviously. But she really rose to the occasion and, and, and did her thing. Uh, yeah, and so she plays Maya, who's like the lead singer of the band, and and she and I've had a tricky past, but, you know, I sort of, I say at one point in the show that she's, she, she's my muse. I don't see it quite like that. I think she, um, Elliot is in, is, as you say, he's in his head. And I think he's obsessed with that, this idea of like, he projects things onto other people. And so I think mm -hmm. that he's trying to uh, put his genius, to impose his genius on someone else. And, uh, she's good and she's available and she's um, in, in a bit of a difficult place in her own life. And so their relationship is one that gets a bit, a bit messy. Um, mm. so, but yeah, he, he's inspired by her and, and um, really, really excited about her potential. So tell me about that first day on set when the Eddie, the band performed. What's that <laughs> oh, like? <laughs> it was amazing, man. The band is, they're incredible musicians, incredible musicians. You know, they didn't, not, they didn't really know each other before. So they had, I think maybe a month or six weeks or so to, to get together and really become a band. Um, and I got to watch some of that happen. And so you, the way they communicate with each other, the way that they trust each other, the way they listen to each other is amazing. And we'd have these moments after set, you know, after shooting days, it'd be like midnight. And all of a sudden, someone would get up there and pick up a horn, and they start. Somebody start playing a little something, and then here comes uh, uh, Katarina on the drums, and then Ludo doing. You know, everyone was. Uh, it just would sort of turn into these jam sessions that would involve everybody. So we had we had a really good time, and a lot of late night dance parties with that band. Amanda, I have to ask you about her. Tell me about that because the bond that this father and daughter have, you know, that obviously she lives in New York, he lives in Paris. It's obvious they don't see each other a lot, but she comes yeah. to Paris, decides to stay. How did you, yeah. you didn't have to force a relationship because in many ways you guys didn't have a relationship. So how do you balance that? Yeah, that's, you know, that's one of the tricky things is that because the script didn't give us a whole lot to go on in terms mm -hmm. of our, our backstory, our history, we then, Amanda and I had to make it up. Mm -hmm. And so we spent a lot of time together at restaurants or, or, you know, in rehearsal rooms or wherever we can find to just sit down and try and come to some agreement on what the history of this relationship has been, because some, I mean, that obviously informs everything. And right. when we see them see each other for the first time, I think we want to feel like there's, there's a lot of life behind them. Right. Um, and Amanda, I can't say, I can't say enough about her. She's so, so special, so smart, so, gifted like really really gifted and um i couldn't have asked for a better scene partner really and truly she's she's so special but she's also a character she seems we don't really meet her mom much but she's very much in her head too she's very much yeah. her father's daughter 
in this series. <laughs> yeah, that's something that we were interested in exploring. You know, her mother is uh, is a white woman, right, in the show. And so we were interested in exploring this idea of her coming into her own identity or trying to figure out who she is at this mm-hmm. moment in her life. And um, her father and his own connection to this music, which is deeply rooted in who he is and in his own culture as a Black man, is something that we came to believe that her character was craving, you know? Mm. Uh, so I think that's a part of why we see them, why they feel similar in a way, because they both have this like searching thing. They're both in search of, of something uh, of themselves that has maybe been lost. So um, I'm glad you felt that because we really were, we were, we were aiming to do that. Awesome. Well, Andre, thank you so much. This was, this was awesome. Congrats on the thank show. You. Um, thank you, Bert. And uh, stay safe. Be well. You do the same, huh? Take care of yourself. Thanks, Andre. Bye. All right. That was Andre Holland. Thanks for listening to today's episode of The Big Ticket. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Coming up next week, Beanie Feldstein. She stars in the coming-of-age dramedy, How to Build a Girl. Plus, Amit Rahav, the young Israeli actor, is getting a lot of attention in Hollywood for his portrayal of Yankee in Netflix Unorthodox. Until then, stay safe and be well. See you next time. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.